Welcome to the Elliot Confidential Podcast. I'm Christopher Elliot here with Aaron Elliot. Hey there, how are you? I am doing good. We are in Montevideo, Uruguay. Yes. And we just got here yesterday, but um, we've already had a chance to explore the city. We'll talk about that in a minute. But in our last podcast, we said we were going to be exploring a volcano and um, that we might not make it. So um, I'm happy to say that we did make it. We went to Pucón in central Chile, and we climbed... Uh, Volcán Villarica. 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 Volcán Villarica. And I have to say, on our last day in Pucón, it was... We got up very early to go to the airport, and we looked at the volcano. And I'm going to post a picture of this. And they, they said, you know, if, you're, if it's dark, you can actually see the lava glowing on top of the volcano and I said no way there's no way but then I looked up and I saw the lava on the volcano mm-hmm pretty neat yeah that's a pretty neat place too I mean uh, it's a really beautiful little town on the lake and you know I was lucky to be there I felt I felt that way as well um, I think we were the only Americans in town we didn't meet any other Americans at all most people who go to a place like Pucón are Chilean. I would say most of the visitors are Chilean. It is a popular summer resort. And then, you know, there's Germans that go there too. And quite a few Israelis, although right now there aren't very many Israelis for obvious reasons. But apparently the volcano is a rite of passage. It's something that a lot of young Israelis do after they get out of the military is they climb the volcano. So Aaron, what was it like to climb the volcano? Well, we weren't able to get to the top, unfortunately. Because but, it was too active. Yeah, it was too active. But it's, you know, it's essentially you go to the very top of a ski resort and then you start climbing up a giant pile of gravel. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was not really, it wasn't um, the most amazing, spectacular thing in the world. I think the crazy thing was being above the clouds and seeing the other volcanoes, that oh, was yeah. really cool. That was, yeah. Today, though, I want to answer a question, which is, which southern hemisphere destination is the best place to go if you want to get warm weather in January? Because we've been to all of the good ones. I mean, most of the good ones. So we, we want to answer that in a second. But before we do that, we have a question for you. So we're in Uruguay now, which had a military dictatorship in the 1960s and 70s. We just got back from Chile, or we just visited Chile, where they also had a military dictatorship in the 60s and 70s and the 80s. And Argentina, just to our south, has also, in fact, we're surrounded by former military dictatorships. Brazil had one too. So our question of the week is, what is the most politically unstable country that you've ever visited? and survived, presumably. We would love to hear your comments, so please leave those in the comments section and we'll read them next week. Question again is the most politically unstable country. And Aaron, I want to know from you, what do you think is the most politically unstable country we've ever visited? It's hard to say if we've stayed in a place that was truly unstable. How about South Africa? South Africa is relatively stable. I mean, you have to give them credit. They used to have apartheid and all these horrible policies, and there's been a lot of violence, but the state remains. Yeah, it's still there, yeah. I don't know, I felt like, in talking to people, I felt like people were on edge. But we've, I don't think we've ever been to a place where uh, society is collapsing. 
I mean, maybe we felt that way, but it hasn't actually happened. I mean, we were in Argentina to go to the Antarctic while they were experiencing like 120% oh, inflation. Yeah, right. But no riots. Although no. we should say that we had an opportunity to go to Argentina and we decided instead we were going to do a week and a half in Uruguay um, because you know, it's just, we've been to Argentina, but also uh, it's not very stable right now with all of the things that Millet is doing. <laughs> well, it's with the protests. It's with the yes. protests, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's our question. Please uh, let us know. And uh, just in case, we will uh, ask it again at the end when we read your comments from last week, which are great, by the way. So um, we wanted to talk a little bit about Southern Hemisphere warm weather destinations. And one of the reasons why I thought it would be a good idea to talk about this is because the weather has been extremely cold back in the States. Like, I don't need to tell you, unless you're living in California or Florida, I don't need to tell you how cold it is. It's really cold. So a lot of people are thinking, where can I go to get away from the cold weather? And they don't want to just get away from the weather. They want to go somewhere where there's a lot of light, where mm -hmm. it's summertime. So here are the candidates, Aaron. Yeah. South Africa, mm -hmm. New Zealand, Australia, and Argentina, Chile, um, Uruguay, places that we've all been to, and we've all been to them, you know, in the Southern Hemisphere summertime. So what do you think? Where would you recommend that people go? Personally, I think that if I could be there right now, I would be in Auckland. Auckland is a great place. It's right now you have a high of, you know, 85 degrees there. That's nice there. It's like 82 degrees, I think, in Fahrenheit. And it's probably, it's probably beautiful. I mean, we were there in the, we were there just in the, in the beginning of winter and it was beautiful. So I imagine now it's really beautiful. And Auckland has a lot to do. It's stable, as speaking of politically stable. Very countries. politically stable. It's yeah. very stable. There's a lot to do. There's um, lots of opportunities to explore, go shopping if you're into that. They have lots of good food, much better food than most of Australia. Good that bakeries. Is. Well, Australian food. We could spend yeah. an entire podcast talking about Australian so food. So I would say if you have the opportunity, yeah. take this summer to go to Auckland. And when we say this summer, we mean this January, winter. February, and early March. Yeah. Because March is starting to get into fall there. Yeah. Um, I totally agree with you, actually. I, I would go to Auckland. I would maybe go to Christchurch because Christchurch is on the South Island. It's a little bit cooler, but it's so, so beautiful. And people are very nice. They have excellent food. Mm -hmm. Love going there and that there's that little shopping area, that food court where they have the, the Japanese espresso. So good. <laughs> so, yeah. so good. But um, an alternative would be maybe Melbourne. Yeah. Melbourne is like, it's like Europe and it's, uh, it, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's not a blazing hot summer, not like Perth. Yeah. Only thing is Melbourne is just a little bit expensive. It is. I mean, we were there on off season and it was expensive. So uh, if you want to go to Melbourne, you'll probably end up in a suburb and it'll be far away. So, you know, you have to be careful. You have to know like where you want to be. Um, if people say, no, I don't want to leave the American continent. I was thinking of South America. So we've been to a lot of these countries already. We've been to Uruguay, we've been to Argentina, and we've been to several places in Chile as well. 
Mm-hmm. Which one would you go to? And I'm assuming that the political situation is all squared away and Millet has magically transformed the Argentine economy. <laughs> magically, yes. Magically. Right. Which of those places would you go to? No, you know, I think uh, the problem is that, you know, when, as I see it, there's not a lot of a difference between Argentina and Uruguay, from what I can tell. They're very you similar, know, yeah. They're, it's, not, it's not, I mean, they're different. Don't get me wrong. They're very different. But in terms of what they offer to the tourist, very little. Very little has changed. Yeah, yeah. So Argentina, it offers, you know, you have, uh, you know, Ushuaia and you have essentially all the tourist places That's are such a tourist right town, next Ushuaia, to the yeah. Andes. Yeah, yeah. So if you really want to, if you want the Andes experience, firstly, you're going to be spending a lot of time in the western part of Argentina or just in Chile. And so I would say, if you want that beautiful experience, just go to Chile. Yeah. Chile is probably way better. Um, I know that Chile is very inexpensive compared to Uruguay. We can talk about that. Uh, we can talk about And actually, next week, we're going to really have the full Uruguay uh, podcast. Because yeah. we've only been here. We haven't even been here for 24 hours yet. Yes. I will post some photos of Uruguay, but we're going to do the full Uruguay thing next week. But yes, Uruguay is ridiculously expensive. We were just staying in Pucón, and we could get... For a dollar and a half U.S., roughly about that, we could get one kilo of cherries. Yeah. And we could get one kilo Good of blueberries mm. on their beautiful, amazing cherries, local cherries. Yeah. And similarly, we could get for three and a half dollars a kilo of blueberries. Now, in the United States, like that's, I mean, you can get that sometimes at Costco. But now, <laughs> if you want 18 ounces of blueberries at Costco, that's going to be setting you back $9. Oh, I was shocked by the, 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 some of the produce prices. The blueberries especially, I don't know. And raspberries why, why too they're, here? They're so, yeah. The raspberries are really cheap here. You can get lots of raspberries. Well, when you say here, you, you, you mean in Pucon. Chile. In Pucon. Yeah. Uh, here, everything is half as much and twice the price. Yeah, it's, so everything in, in Uruguay costs four times as much. Chile, you have... Cheaper produce, you have better produce, mm -hmm. you have more beautiful mountains, and yeah. Yeah, I, they I don't really have mountains here. They yet. don't have mountains I haven't in seen Uruguay, it yet. I don't <laughs> think. Um, yeah, we, we're going to give you the full report soon on, on our Uruguay experience. Um, but uh, there's definitely, you know, when we were in Chile, I think that we were, you know, a little skeptical where there are things that we maybe didn't like so much. But now that we're out, you know, I'm really missing the great produce, which we raved about in the last podcast. Yeah. And the ciabatta. Love the ciabatta. Living next to the Andes, too. Yeah, seeing the Andes every day is just a rare privilege. And, you know, when we were in Pucón, this is the thing, is like we had great access to bread, too. We found a place called Banlab. Banlab. Yeah, that was good. And yeah. they had sourdough bread there. And I was so happy to see that because I had not had really good South American bread up to that point, except for yeah. ciabatta, save ciabatta. Ciabatta is good. I, you know, I think that people really are shortchanging themselves when they don't go to a grocery store when they're visiting someplace, because you learn so much about a place by visiting a grocery store. You, even just going and buying, you know, maybe some produce is, it's a great experience. You, you sometimes taste something that you've never tasted in your life. I mean, the cherries there are really amazing. Um, and you just get to see how people live, how normal people live. 
Yeah, um, and here in Uruguay, it's interesting because every grocery store and every little every little con uh, convenience corner store has tons of yerba mate, and oh, yeah. you see people walking down the street with the gourds and bombillas filled with mate every day. They're and like addicts. They're, they're nursing their bombillas. They're they're no. It's a you would no. It's a gourd. They're nursing your sorry. They're nursing your the gourds. Bombilla is the straw. Yes, yes, I know yes. what bombilla is. Yes, yes, yes. I well, you would be nursing the bombilla, but you it would be inside a. Never mind. Yeah, you know and, what I'm and saying. And they have also the, uh, the well, what do you call those? The thermoses. Mm -hmm. They've got thermoses. Yeah. we they, saw a guy who was pouring uh, hot water into his uh, bombilla, and and he looked his hands looked like they were shaking. So it's a mate. Mate is the is the gourd, and the bombilla is the straw. And yeah, he's probably shaking too. It's like, <laughs> That's what I meant to say. Yes, thank you. Anyway, yeah, he was. He would look look like he needed another hit. Oh God! Um, I. It's my understanding that people here in uh, all over South America they like their mates and bombillas and whatever else not, and mm -hmm. they. Um, and but that here in Montevideo or in Uruguay, they take it to the next level. They do take it to the next level in Uruguay. Yeah. So if you go to a corner store, they have it. And also another thing is marijuana is legal here, which means the obvious logical next step is that <laughs> there's, there's cannabis yerba mate. No okay. joke, there's cannabis yerba mate. If you don't believe me, just look it up. <laughs> um, I have no idea what do you, it does. Do you to think you. we're going to try some of that, Aaron? I don't know. It's, it's legal, man. Rastafari. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Um, anyway. We are going to have more on Montevideo soon. But uh, final thoughts, though, on central Chile and hanging out with the Mapuche and being in the mountains. Would you recommend that any of our listeners go there? To be perfectly honest, I would go to Temuco. Temuco is the... Right on the Pacific coast. It's not on the Pacific coast. That's actually in the center. But, you know, Chile is such a thin country anyway. It's close to the Pacific, yes. You know, go go see that part of the country. It's so beautiful there. It's just unbelievably beautiful. It's undescribable. It reminds me of so many things while not reminding me of any one thing in particular at all. And That's I would also say that um, go see the Andes. Go see the volcanoes, the lakes, you know, and take advantage of the produce. <laughs> you know, uh, when I think about that part, the lake country, that part of Chile, I think to myself... I have never seen anything like this in my life. You know, I thought Lake Tahoe was beautiful, and it is very beautiful. Mm -hmm. But these mountains are taller, and the lakes are bigger, mm -hmm. and the water is a, it's a deep blue. It's just unlike anything that I've ever seen. These, these volcanic lakes are just so yeah. nice, so beautiful to look at. And um, you have to see it. You just have to see it. Uh, it's... It's, and, and also the Andes themselves. I don't think that there's nothing like it. That you, you can't compare it to like the Alps or the Rockies. The Andes are really their own thing. And you just got to go. You got to yeah. check it out. And if you want to see the Andes, Chile is the best way to see it. Totally. Because Argentina didn't get a lot of the Andes. Uh, yeah, I don't think they got, I, they got hardly none of them. <laughs> it's funny because we were on our flight uh, from Santiago to Montevideo. We were looking down because the Andes are like right, right there. And I'm going to post a, p a picture. On yeah, I, I'll, I'll give you those photos. Yeah. But 
the interesting thing is you see where Argentina starts and it's just nothing. It's, yeah, it's all it's flat. It's just like flat. There's yeah, nothing. Yeah. There's no, not even farmland. It's just nothing. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to see mounds, go to Chile. Check out the produce. <laughs> That's our recommendation. Yeah, I mean, it's a, our you know, full-throated endorsement is to eat the Chilean produce. Eat Chilean, yes. The grapefruits are so good, too. Yeah. In our last podcast, we asked the question, what's the first thing you do when you arrive at a new destination? And we asked because we were arriving at a new destination. What is the first thing that we did here, Aaron? First thing that we did is we unpacked and we went to the grocery store. Um, and we also, we did our laundry because we forgot to do it before. Actually, oh, we yeah. didn't forget to do it is, you know, the wait time for these laundry places is like too long. So we wouldn't have been able to get on our flight. If yeah, we'd that's, done our it's laundry. 24 hours to get uh, laundry done. There's a place across the street. And, and actually, it's really ridiculously expensive. The place in Pukon was charging like uh, 13, 13 $14 for, for a, load uh, of laundry. a load of laundry, which is a lot. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, uh, we're in a rental. We're actually in an Airbnb. And unfortunately, the spin cycle doesn't work. So all of our laundry is still a little wet. I had to put my laundry on wet this morning. Yeah, I was not complaining. Soaking. But it, I think it's dry now. Yeah. Most of it. There's a few par parts that are not so dry. Anyway, um, what's the first thing you do when you arrive at a new destination? Uh, uh, Jay says, inspect my room, leave my luggage, and begin exploring the city on foot. Good idea. I would do that too. In fact, that's what we did today, is we explored Montevideo and took pictures down by the, I don't know if they call it the beach, because it's technically not quite the Atlantic, but here, but anyway. Heidi says, I get a SIM card at the airport and money at the airport. Yeah, getting a SIM card is important, however, What's really important is that you have an unlocked phone so you can get an eSIM because eSIMs can be much better deals than whatever they're charging for a SIM card at the airport. The last place that we got a SIM card, a physical SIM card, was Turkey. in... Yeah, no, Greece. It was Greece, yeah. It was Greece. Yeah, we were in Athens. And then after that, we discovered the glories of the eSIM, which means yeah. that you do not have to have anyone uh, sticking a physical card into your phone or asking you for your passport, which they often do when you get a new SIM card. The only downside is you don't have a local phone number. Mm -hmm. I hope that fixed that. Sam says, grocery store first. Since we only do carry-on, which is really smart, by the way, Sam, we pick up toiletries. My husband likes to try local snacks and potato chip varieties. I look for dark chocolate and produce. Dark chocolate, it's one of our basic food groups too. Mm -hmm. The mini pineapples in South Africa were amazing. Uh, they also have good mini pineapples in uh, the Azores. The Azores, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are really those are really really good. Yeah, Azorean pineapples. We also ask other shoppers or store workers. Uh, she says a store worker in a small town in Norway turned her on to one of the best frozen pizzas that they've had, and they wouldn't have purchased it on their own. Norwegian grocery stores. We could do a whole podcast on Norwegian grocery stores. Mm, yeah, well, we need to go back to Norway sometime so we can do that fully because we were only there for like a week. The Norwegian grocery stores that we saw didn't seem to have a lot in them. They were in coastal Norway. But I think that if we, and when we were in Bergen, I think we got into a grocery store there, didn't yeah, we? It was a small grocery okay. store. But I think that 
maybe we want to visit other places in, in Norway and uh, see some of their grocery stores. That's how we tour a place is by going to grocery stores. <laughs> Nikki says, if I'm somewhere for more than one night, I immediately unpack. If it's been a long plane ride or train trip, then I go out for some fresh air. Mickey, you have inadvertently created a controversy with your answer because it is a two pack or to unpack or not to unpack question. Um, I do not unpack. I have never actually fully unpacked my bag. Yeah. Aaron, I, do you unpack your bag? I don't know. I mean, this is the thing is I remember when I was still living home and I, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to keep my laundry and in the bag. I think that there are more efficient ways of, of handling your personal belongings than uh, unpacking them. And, you know, I, I assume you also mean hanging them up on, yeah. on the coat hangers, etc. I just don't think that that's, for me personally, I wouldn't do it because it doesn't make a lot of sense. What I usually do with my clothes actually is I'll do the laundry and then I will organize them into like one day's worth of clothes. So for example, I'll have mm pants, shirts, underwear, socks, and I will put that and then I'll stack those on top of each other. So that way, all, all I need to do when I wake up in the morning and I need to take a shower is I grab one pair of clothes and, and that's all I really need. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with, with my laundry. I do have a, a laundry pile and I put it in a small laundry bag. So it's a duffel bag and I use that for laundry and, and that's how I do it. I mean, some people, they don't like that. They say, well, no, we need a laundry basket and then we need to hang up all the clothes once they're done. I think that's labor intensive and not really. Well, I think, it. you know, it depends if you're uh, if you don't wear the same clothes every day, maybe you have a nice dress that you want to wear and you want to hang it up and maybe iron it at some point. It might make sense for you to start hanging things. But um, for some reason, I don't really unpack my bag. I actually. Maybe it's because I, I want to be able to get up and go quickly if I have to flee the country. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, we could do a whole podcast on unpacking or not unpacking. So thanks for that, Mickey. And we are at the end of our podcast. But please do not forget our question of the week, which is, what is the most politically unstable place that you've ever visited and survived? We will read your best comments in our next podcast, which will be coming to you from Montevideo, Uruguay, again next week, and we'll have a full report on Montevideo. Thanks for joining us. See you then. See y'all.